Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another episode of Elm Park Royals, sponsored by Blue Collar Street Food. Very much looking forward to their opening of Blue Collar Corner in Reading. Make sure you get down there. It opens on the 12th of March. Um, so make sure you get down there once that has opened next month. This podcast, we're not going to be discussing on the field particularly because big news coming out of Reading FC over the last 24 hours is that Velko Paunovic has left his job by mutual consent. Paul, mutual consent is a very interesting two words. Yeah, yeah. We could read in so many things into that. But the kind of quotes that came out from uh, Panovic after the match seemed to clear it up, really. I mean, you never know in the murky world of Reading Football Club, but... For him to say that he's spoken to our owner, Mr. Dye, and they'd both come to the agreement that uh, it wasn't great for him to be in the job at the moment, basically. I'm paraphrasing here because the atmosphere becomes so toxic and the situation wasn't good for the players in the team. Um, I've got to say, you've got to say that is a really good, um, you've got a lot of respect there for Panovic for doing that situation. They've obviously would have come to an agreement on everything on money. This is football. This is how it works. But, yeah, I do think that is a bit of a kind of mutual. Who knows how much that really is? Maybe the truth will come out one day. Yeah, we've also been joined by uh, Jem Karajan. And, Jem, the uh, yeah. mutual consent is a... Is, uh, how often is mutual consent really mutual consent? Uh, I'm going to say probably never. <laughs> um no, obviously it's been kind of a run ongoing issue whether whether uh, Panna was going to stay, and obviously there've been rumours that he'd already offered his res- resignation, um, and then recently players asking for him or expecting him to leave. So I think it is it is probably the best that he does kind of move on, but I think the circumstances around it were just you know they they kind of muddied the waters a little bit and and made a few more questions surrounding the whole thing, you know, carry on, but. Yeah, fair play to him for coming out. You know, everyone I speak to tells me how much of a lovely guy he is and to come out and do that statement after knowing that you're losing the job and to get three points, you know, fair play to him. And and I'm, it might look back as the most important three points of the season for the club. And um, Matt, you join us as well. The replacements have been announced for Velko Panovic at the very bottom of the club statement, which in itself is a little bit odd, um, with interim bosses now in charge, Michael Michael Jilks and Tom Ince's dad, 
Paul Wintz has now co-managers. We're not really sure. No, I think I think all we are really sure is that Paul Ince is former England captain and uh, father to Royals Loney Tom Ince. Um, yeah, it's it was the most baffling little like caveat. I think they the way they worded it. Um, yeah, it leaves so many open questions because yeah, it's Tom Ince alongside not Tom Ince, sorry, Paul Ince alongside Jilksy on an interim basis, they're searching for a new permanent manager, but you're bringing to, uh, Paul Ince in from the outside. How's that really going to work? You know, is he going to come in for one game? Is he going to come in for three games? Is he going to have a couple of games to earn, to try and get, get the job? It's so ambiguous. Um, and yeah, we've not even heard anything obviously from Paul Ince um, since so maybe it is going to be an interim manager but again why are you bring in someone from the outside you know there's the whole world around um around Paul Ince at the moment all the rumors links to agents and what have you but yeah it's it's just all a bit odd <laughs> I, 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 it's hard to summar, summarize it in any other way I think yeah odd is probably the word that uh summers are up very very nicely Paul, let's look back at Panovic's time at Reading. He was here for 18 months in total, managed just over 80 games, win percentage 35%, but ultimately he's gone after what has been a pretty torrid run of form for the last 10 weeks or so. Um, I guess it's, it's very difficult to summarise Panovic's reign as an overall reign because it's so... The, the, the disparities between this season and last season are so vast. Uh, yeah, totally. I mean, you've also got to look at the players that Panovic has lost this season as well. Um, he hasn't had Mate for nearly the whole of the season. Lucas Jow, he also hasn't been available for a massive chunk. Elise, I mean, any team would miss him in the Championship. You'd want him in the Premier League, as Palace has shown. We've also lost Omar Richards. Um, these are it's big Arguably, that's our four best players last season. Yeah, yeah, you you can't doubt that. But you have to say with the Panovic reign, he started with eight wins, which was incredible. Um, amazing starts this season. One thing I think with Panovic, you have to look in two different ways. As a person, he seems absolutely fantastic. He's seen the club through a really torrid time. Um, it's still ongoing. Uh, I'd love to think that it wasn't. But I do fear that as a manager... There was a very kind of rigid style of let's attack, attack, stop, defend, and then we will just try and hang on for near death. And so many times it hasn't worked. And teams have worked out how to play against us. And but I would say he is just the face of the club now. That is because the, and whatever manager comes in, if it's Paul Ince, it doesn't matter. He's going to have the same issues as Panovic because the owner just does never speak. The CEO never turns up. So it's a really poison chalice. I don't like saying that about Reading, but it's really, really tough role for anyone to be in. So for Panovic as a person to get out of Reading Football Club, it's probably better for his health long term. That's an extreme thing to say, but I, I find it really hard to imagine what it likes to be being in charge there because there's so much stuff going on. Yeah, uh, I mean, even looking back, Jem, I guess when... Um when Brian was at the club and and he ended up leaving, it's not a 
completely similar situation but with that losing run and you getting fans on your back it's it must be very very difficult as a manager i guess to to be able to i guess try and come into work and be able to motivate and gain players trust when you've got you know 15,000 fans on your back every week yeah of course like you, you, it's it's hard to imagine you know it's it's one thing kind of dealing with losing games on the pitch but at the same time you're dealing with all the other off-field shenanigans as well so not many managers have to deal with that um, and he has dealt with it you know really well because he always fronts up to the media and and comes out and has always backed his players which you know at times has been unnecessary should have probably thrown a few more under the bus um, but you know fair play to him um, and yeah obviously with the new manager coming in I think one thing that I think we we what I forgot is that Tom Ince is actually here on loan to the end of the season. It's not like he's signed permanently. It's not like Tom's got a three-year contract and Paul's coming in as well. So it all seems quite just you know uh, putting a bandage on 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 this kind of whole situation rather than kind of looking forward for the club. Because if just bringing in you know another player's dad, who uh, which is what it is, it's uh, it's just an interesting situation. But. You know, for Paolo, you know, to come out front up the, the media after the game and, and, you know, just thank the club and, and thank people considering some of the abuse he has gotten, you know, fair play to him and, you know, yeah, a horrible situation for him and from his, for him and his family to go through. Yes, yeah, uh, not an easy situation, certainly. And, and before the game yesterday, Matt, it seems like Paolovic and, and um, Pang had already kind of had a conversation on Friday around the fact that this was going to be Panovic's last game in, in charge of the club. Um, and it, it kind of begs the question, I guess, as to what's taken so long. Yeah, no, absolutely. What's what? That's the million dollar question, isn't it? Because arguably, I mean, I think the few scenarios I think you can think of, he probably should have gone after Kidderminster. If it wasn't Kidderminster, it should have been Fulham. And then, you know, you get the... Luton game after that that was just hideous to watch again those all those three were your points to sack him um they didn't sack him he then reportedly hands in his resignation a few weeks later a few weeks back that again should have been when you know the 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 ties were cut you know that that should have been that should have been it then because you've now got a manager if it was ffp related you've got a manager that is now offering to walk with no compensation because he's given his resignation he's going to walk away but the club still kept him and then with with then what 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 happened obviously a few weeks a few weeks after that with all the protests and stuff and that culminated obviously in the frustration at peterborough you know it, it, it's like you feel sorry for Poundrich because he's almost done he's done i guess if it is true i, I guess we're all talking hypotheticals because it's not being confirmed it's all but with Paunovic saying no comment and everything on the questions. But Paunovic has kind of done what he he thought was best for the club in walking or wanting to walk away a few weeks back. And then it's just brewed this incredibly toxic atmosphere with everyone or all the fans staying behind the games, protesting before the matches. Admittedly, Paunovic hasn't been the only angle that people have been protesting, but yeah, like like Panovic said in his exit interview, that like it was not a sustainable situation. You can't uh, you can't have a manager that fans are chanting, "We want Pano out the minute you go behind," or 
you know, when 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 you're drawing nil nil, it's just not sustainable. Um, I mean, I can't. I, I can only think what it's like from a player's perspective um, to be on the pitch when fans are chanting for their own manager to be sacked. It's kind of a unique situation, I guess, after the run they've had as well. But yeah, it it, it certainly seems like the conversation happened obviously Friday morning, but just why has it taken that long? You've essentially just used Paunovic as a punching bag for for weeks or months even, you know, to, to, to absorb flack, to divert anger away from the ownership, the CEO. And it's just like, I feel like I do feel a bit for Paunovic. I do think it's it was completely right decision for him to go. I did want him to go as well. But on a human level, you just got to feel for him because, I mean, it must have been the most horrid few weeks, months that he's endured. But, like, that's when I guess eyes have got to be looking above Paunovic now and above where Paunovic was as to the issues now above and what's quite going on there. Yeah, as you say, I think... Over the last, what, four weeks or so, certainly when Reading have been going behind, immediately the chance have come against Panovic um, to, to leave. And Jem, what's, what's it like when the, when you're on the field as a player and you know that the fans are against the manager? I mean, what's it like in the dressing room as well? Do you, do you have that kind of like, um, I don't want to call them secret conversations, but the conversations between players about the manager and when you know that there's change imminent or change coming? Yeah, obviously, I, I've had it a couple of times um, when uh, when Brian was obviously initially sacked when I was there. Um, it was a weird one because obviously the fans weren't really going as hard as they are, I guess, for Paolo to leave. So we didn't really hear that much, you know, from the terraces in terms of wanting, wanting Brian to, to leave or at that point, I didn't think so. Um, and the same for when Nigel left. But there's always conversations between players like, do you, do you think he's going to go or you're trying to kind of foresee what is going to happen? But it's always horrible to see the manager leave anyway. And, and I feel like them players, the manager showing a huge faith in them to keep playing them. Um, so I'm sure there'll be a few lads gutted. Uh, you guys there? Sorry, my someone just tried to call me there. It uh, it broke. Um, yeah, it's never nice to see. So it's just one of those. I I feel for him, but like uh, like Matt said, I think it def- it was the time for him to go. Yeah, and Paul, the the players, as um, you know, as, as Jim said, the players presumably have been having conversations over the last couple of uh, last couple of weeks and last couple of months about Paunovic. And the the comment that came out after the game was none of the players knew that Panovic was going to be leaving pre pre game. Um, it's a difficult one for for players as well, right? When you don't know that your manager is going to be leaving, and then after the game it gets announced, oh, your manager is now left after you picked up three points as well. Yeah, that's a weird situation, isn't it? I mean, I think the only example I can think of that was this season was Norwich where they sat Daniel Farker after winning at, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, but they won a game anyway. I think it was at Brentford, actually. And yeah, that is very unusual, that situation. Um, I, I don't understand how, how that works at all. It, it's very odd. Um, 
just imagine going into a game thinking that this is your last time that you'll manage this bunch of players. You won't have another opportunity. And decisions you make here are also vital for that club going forward. So respect for him for that, for getting through that. But it is tough with Panovic because this is also the same guy who said that we played well against QPR, apart from the four goals we conceded. It, it, very... Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. So we, we we can sit here and we can all say we feel sorry for Panovic and we, you know, we, we on a human level, we might feel for him and, you know, that he's had a difficult hand, he's been dealt with and things like that, right? Um, but ultimately, the last month, there's been some incredibly questionable decisions from Panovic. There's been some incredibly strange pre, uh, post-match comments from Panovic. And he doesn't, he hasn't helped himself uh, in terms of that, in terms of endearing himself to fans over the last three or four weeks, Matt, has he? No. And, and, and it's, it's, it's when I kind of go back to the point and when he should have been sacked, he shouldn't have really got to this position where people are calling for a manager to be sacked. Like, like I said, I can't really remember or think of many other situations like it where you've had such a run um, so many poor decisions, so many um, wins, results thrown away, you know, leads thrown away, you know, that the manager has then gone on and survived. It should have happened weeks ago. It should have it should have been just a normal sacking of a manager a few weeks back, as harsh as that sounds. You know, it's, I kind of sound like an awful person saying that I know, but, you know, it's it's football. That should have happened weeks ago. It shouldn't have got to the point where Paunovic then had to hand his resignation in. But you've, you've now got another chance then to take it. And it wasn't taken. And it's just brewed this hideous storm, really, that, you know, some people say, well, it's partly Paunovic is doing because he's the one making the decisions. But he was also, like I say, just unbelievably hung out to dry, really, callously, almost by the owners and, 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 and the CEO. And like, I've, I've actually just seen a picture on Twitter and I think it was, he, he, he was out at um, doing, doing a bit of time at an, at an academy in his Reading tracksuit still. And that, that, that's just kind of the kind of person I guess he is on a human level. Brilliant, brilliant person. He's almost the person you'd want to manage your football club. But the time had come to an end. It's just sad that it's taken this long and has brewed what it has around the club, really. Yeah, I think the thing about it brewing around the club is it's 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 given up this atmosphere and it's festered this uh, this level of anger amongst fans, which has now led to protests. And it's not only protests against Palmovic, let's be honest. The protests are against Kia being involved with the club, who we're going to come on to in a little bit, it's against how, how the club's been run for the last four or five seasons now. Um, and ultimately, if Reading had been winning games, would these protests have happened? Probably not, because but the fan anger has been has been growing, and results haven't helped. Um, at the end of the day, Paul, we'll move on from Paunovic, Um but ultimately, I think you know, if you were just to give us like a little summary of Paunovic, just in terms of him in the future, how uh, how would you sum it up? Yeah, well, I mean, good luck to Panovic. Like, uh, you know, what would oh, you yeah, expect no, to see him doing? Yeah, what would you expect to see him doing? Future, I, I would be a multimillionaire. That would be absolutely. <laughs> I'd love that. That'd be fantastic. 
Um, yeah, no, I would definitely obviously wish him good luck. I got no bad feelings to him as a person at all. It's just uh, situations just happen in football, don't they? It's in life as well. You move on sometimes. But yeah, I wish him well. I don't know where he'll end up. Uh, I've no idea. Um, I think he's a Kia person as well. So we well, don't know where he'll end up. It could be somewhere really surprisingly good. Or just somewhere obscure like the Croatian League in a relegation. Maybe Arsenal. Maybe never Arsenal quite be sure where it's going to be. Yeah, maybe but Arsenal yeah. will be looking for a new manager. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I wouldn't wish anything bad on him. Everyone I know who's works at the club absolutely loves him, and you know they see him on a daily basis. So I got nothing uh, harsh to say about him. But the poor Sitch, poor Wint situation is just so weird, so weird. How that came out and. Gem, as a player, if you're in the changing room and you just hear that news after a win, so first of all, you absorb the fact your manager's got sacked, just... which you may, may or may not feel is coming. Then you hear that Paul Ince is coming in from nowhere, eight years out of management, and then you're thrown in to do kind of interviews on radio and for TV. What? How do you feel that? I don't actually think that any of the players have been told that Paul Ince was coming in in the dressing room which makes it think, even weirder i think my first thing would have been like looking over to my left or my right and going tom what's, what's going on here mate um i literally would have been my first thing um yeah it's 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 a strange one you know players anyway i i've seen the times it's happened I've i've never been in a changing room and someone's come in or the manager come in and said that's me lads I, i'm i'm done um so yeah that that i've not experienced that so i, I would hate for that that i would I, I it would be a horrible situation to be in because you just you've just gone from the euphoria from winning and you could see everyone after and, and i remember doing i was doing the game and i was like paolo didn't look like he knew he was going it, just in terms of like you know like the way like he was telling them at the end of the game he was like trying his hardest he was losing his mind at the ref i was like I, I was shocked when I found out that he knew. So then after I was like, wow, that's how much he did want to win the game for himself and, and for the club. Um, but yeah, just just a strange one. And I think that's, like I said before, when I was like, this is a disgrace, is because we've gone from winning at such an important game to then it being completely overridden by the fact that we've now lost the manager to then someone complete from left field is now taking over. So I was just like, why not just give it till Monday or why not just like let let it happen, you know, like kind of give us the weekend to really enjoy the fact that we've won the game with four points, with five points cushion away from Derby, which is massive in terms of like, I know Derby won, so mentally they'll be in a better place, but that's two wins now. You've given yourself almost a two-game breathing space. Like, let's enjoy that. The last thing you want to see is the manager go and then someone else completely new come in. It just... I think that is why I was so emotional in terms of like that was what I found so hard for, to take. Um, rather than the whole thing being a disgrace, it was more just mm. that moment and that yeah. the way it kind of happened. Do you know what I mean? That was what I found quite difficult. The timing of everything being announced. Yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Like we were sat down, and the next minute it's like, right, we've won the game. Wow, that was crazy. Uh, Pauno's just said he's leaving. No one knew. <laughs> And then Ada going, are you guys sitting down? Yeah, Paul Ince is coming. And I was just like, what? No, what? This, is this is like, this is mental. Like, not only has a lot been going on with the club, 
it just couldn't you couldn't write it we were having a laugh before the game about this could be a, a, a like an amazon or a netflix documentary and we we're like no it, it would be everyone would be loving to see it because it's just almost comical some of the stuff that's been going on you wouldn't believe it though would you if you made it up i mean just you put the combination of things together the last 10 minutes of that match win then sacked then paul lintz then old michael jilt is involved as well and then hunty like, yeah. out of, like it's it's uh which is obviously amazing and and i think mm. that that's probably another thing that i'm a bit i don't uh just let jilksy have it almost mm. like you know i i do you know what i mean he knows it better than anyone paul doesn't really know the players how long has he been kind of looking at reading as a club mm. um, i mean he knows one of the players <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> He knows you quite well. Obviously, Tom can't really give great, great influence either, really, can he? He's only been there a week. So, it's, uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm delighted Jilksy's involved. I'm delighted, again, that Hunt is now in the club. You've got Ledge in the club. You know, I think it's start, nice to see. I think a lot of the fans will be happy to kind of see, you know, three or four people mm. that have they have genuine affection for the club now in there, uh, whereas before there wasn't really anyone. So, it, it's nice to kind of have that, you know what I mean, like a familiar face around right. the place again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just want to know when you're coming back, Jim. That's what we want to yeah. know. We want you back. <laughs> well, I'll be like I say, I'll be on the phone to Hunty to uh, to do some training. But now we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, uh, yeah. As as uh, as you both alluded to, Paul Ince has come in alongside Michael Jilks um, as on an interim basis. Paul, interim basis is a very kind of like fluffy term, isn't it? Let's be honest here, because. The club haven't really committed to saying it's going to be here till the end of the season, but at the same time, they, they haven't really said that he's not. Um, where, like, do you feel like he's going to be here for the rest of the season now? Because 14 games, is, it's a long enough period to announce him that he's going to be here till the end of the season, surely, if he was going, like, if that was the case. Well, there's two things here, isn't there? First, trying to second-guess our owner. Um, wow, good luck with that. That is absolutely impossible. Uh, secondly, Paul Ince will not be wanting to come in for one game. Uh, the bloke has got enough of a CV. I know he hasn't managed for eight years, but he's not a guy who's going to come, come in and say, oh, I just do one. Uh, that He's going to want to have a little bit of a run of games. Um, so interim, who knows? Obviously, if he loses three games on a trot, which we all hope that that doesn't happen, you would assume someone would come in to take his place. But... Then I refer to my first point. You never know with our owner, do you? It's absolutely impossible. You never know what he's going to uh, think, appoint, decide, not do. Seems to decide on what he's had for dinner, basically. The man is so irrational at times. Um, I really do hope we get a different manager in, unless Paul Ince has an absolutely amazing run. We need someone in there who's actually been involved in football management recently. And... There's lots of players who you could bring in or ex-players or managers that would feel like the players need to have, basically need their ass kicked, a load of them, because it's just the complacency level around some of those players that you can see on the pitch. They're just getting away with too much. Not all of them, but it, it's difficult to watch as a fan. But hopefully it's a short-term one, unless he has a miracle three or four games, which we'd love to see, obviously. Yeah, I mean, it's easy to, I guess, for us to um, to decide in advance that we don't think that Paul Lintz is the guy. Um, but ultimately, the question, Matt, it kind of comes down to why Paul Ince? 
That is the greatest question, I think, right now anyway. Um, yeah, why? Um, there's there's so many different kind of rumours, speculations, um, kind of ideas that are being battered about the Twitter sphere. And obviously... Uh, feel free to bat them out, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> people, but... people, people should hear them. Like, I feel like people need to hear them. Not everybody on, who, who listens to this podcast is going to be aware <laughs> of the fact that Kia, Kia has such a massive influence over this club. Yeah, but don't do every single Twitter rumour, Matt. We haven't got three <laughs> just, hours. Don't just, do just that. Just we'll go down an awful rabbit hole there, yeah. yeah. No. Um, but no, like, they, they, there's there's everything around, obviously, the the links to, to Kia, Kia Yurabachan isn't there, which, I mean, I think by now, I think we're sick to death of hearing just this this name this leech that is seemingly just surrounding the club you know we, we, we're starting to see more articles being published around it as well more in-depth research being done that is now actually showing how in-depth the issues are and that it's not potentially just Kia there's others involved that have been involved for a lot longer dating back to dating back to the ties you know and the whole point of bringing in somebody like Paul and I have nothing against Paul as a person. I hope he does very, very well. You know, if, if he keeps us up, that's all, frankly, I care about. But to bring someone in on an interim basis, when before has, has an external person been brought in to do an interim job, you know, or to like, because interim just suggests that's only going to be a couple of games, you know, but why would you bring in someone like Paul Ince just to manage for a couple of games? You've got Jilksy there. You've got Ledgerwood, obviously, in the um, in, in, in the academy. You know, there, there was plenty of options there that you could have looked to have promoted from within to have, you know, steadied the ship for a couple of games whilst you found someone. Bringing in someone externally like Paul Ince, it almost feels like he is going to be the manager until the end of the season because why else would he have been brought in? And you've got all the links, like I say, to to Kier and everything. It's just, it's it, it's just not it's, a good it look. It stinks, doesn't it? Let's be honest, it, it stinks because it, it yeah. stinks. It stinks of it stinks of agent agent led decisions once again. Um, yeah. And as much as as much as all of us would want Paul to win games and be successful and for Reading to stay up. Frankly, he's not the manager that any of us would have picked. I, I don't think that that's really a, an. He wouldn't have even been on the betting sheet, would he? No, he wouldn't even been on the <laughs> no. betting. Like, exactly. Would have won a lot of money. <laughs> the closest he's been, yeah. to, the closest he's been to football for the last seven or eight years has been writing articles in the Sun. Like that's it. it I'm just, like he's not. Uh, he's not an experienced football manager, and he's uh, at the end of the day in recent modern times, he's not the manager that anybody would have picked. I hope he does well. But it, it stinks of aging decisions um, again. And Jem, it's, it's difficult, I guess, for for Paul Ince to come into this situation. But like, it would have made so much more sense just to give the job to to um, to Jilksy until the end of the season. Surely, at this point, if Reading aren't going to go out and get somebody external, yeah. And I think a lot of kind of the everything kind of around this appointment is purely because he is kind of external you've got 14 games left he's got to come in he's got to learn the club he's got to learn the players he's got to see how it the whole place works you know a whole new environment for him for something he's not done for eight years that takes time like if i haven't played football for eight years and you went right down and play a game i'm going to struggle it's the same for anyone in any sort of job so it's going to it's such a just such a strange one i think and like you say i think everyone just wanted it to be jilksy and ledge um you know, crack on, or even, you know, the dream of a Steve Koppel, 
you know, overseeing, maybe being a bit of a mentor to a Dilksy or, or, you know, kind of that kind of, you know, relationship, someone like a Brian to come in, oversee a few things, you know, be that kind of guidance that I remember when Brendan Rogers was at the club, we had Frank Lampard senior. Okay. It didn't work out great, but you could see how helpful that was for Brendan in that circumstance, you know? Um, But yeah, like you said, the main thing is the club stay up, you know, and if, if Paul can help make that happen, great. But like you keep saying, yeah, like we said, it, it does stink. And it's uh, uh, everyone associated with it just wants to know why Kia is, uh, who he is, why he is there. And just come out and explain a bit and maybe get, if you do that, fans can understand a bit more. But Wolves all know that George Mendes kind of runs a ship and that seems to be going well. Why can't we kind of know a bit more about who's calling the shots at, at, at our club. Yeah, I agree. It's 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 so much of a closed shop at Reading Paul, and it has been for years now. It's it's silent ownership, isn't it? And none of us know who makes the decisions. <clears throat> yes, we've got an owner, but like it's difficult to really buy into the, him being the one who's making these decisions because I don't want to I don't want to put words in in anybody's mouth here, but has, had Dai Yong really ever, you know, has he, was he even aware that Paul Ince was a manager? I, I doubt it. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what version sure. of the manager he's up to. Who knows? Sure, but, sure, <laughs> surely. I think you would have heard of Paul Ince, though. I mean, come on. Paul I think Ince. the question is, yeah, did, I mean, did he I, know he was a footballer? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure Dai Yong has researched his, his extensive time at Blackburn Rovers in the Premier League from 14 years ago before he made this decision. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. We all know it's external people who are advising um, Dai Young. I don't think that's a controversial statement to make that. I think that's very, very clear. Um, it might just be, might not just be one person. It could be a multitude of people, but... With our owner, it's impossible just to say what he's thinking with these appointments. And when it happens, he's got he's done this kind of thing so many times. Not the exact copy of what we saw yesterday, but repeatedly we sack managers when you least expect it. It is very unusual, the behaviour he has with his uh, kind of employees virtually. But uh, I don't know, I, I kind of die young, just blows my brain. I, I've kind of so many times spoke about him and Kia. It's hard to find of anything new because you're just drained of any hope with the uh, care involved at the club because there's everything is short term. There is nothing yeah. that thinks about six months, 18 months or two years time. When we buy players, there's no resale. OK, there's an occasional one, but you can't run a club like that. You can look at someone like Brentford. And they've done what we did, basically, under Nicky Hammond, Brian McDermott, Steve Koppel. And they've got a different way of doing it with analytics and all that. But it's essentially the same model. They've bought players in. They know they can sell them at a higher price at some point, And the club keeps on growing. It's just, why can't we have something like that? A sustainable club that can move forward. And if we can have more <coughs> open communication, that helps everyone. Because at the moment, that is what we are sadly lacking. But I don't hold much hope on any of this happening. I don't want to be depressing, but... I feel like we yeah. haven't quite reached the lowest yet. I mean, I don't know, Jem. What, what do you think? I mean, I think it's a real uh, worry, a massive worry. Yeah, I think the worrying thing is, is like you said, it, it doesn't feel like this is going to be the worst 
point of it all. Um, you know, next season, if if say we do stay up, um, who do we sign? Who's going to be in charge? Um, there's still an embargo in place. Um, it's key. I've got players that can cope with a relegation battle because at the moment it doesn't seem as if we have. Um, I think that is the worrying thing for all the all the club, and and I think the owners have previous of having football clubs and them kind of uh, liquidating to a certain extent. So that is a worry. Uh, like I was having a discussion with someone there, they're genuinely worried that the club could, you know, the way things are going, not be here. And that was why I was saying yesterday that was why it's so important that win because you stay in the league, they might want to stay around a bit longer. But the facilities are outrageously good as well. Like we're, we're forgetting the training ground is top Premier League standard. Um, the stadium is a brilliant stadium. Premier League, again, standard. Like, the facilities and everything around Reading points to the fact that it should be at the top end of the Championship fighting year in, year out, or, you know, at the yo-yo club, potentially. You know, I'm, I'm sure fans would snatch around if there'd be a West Brom or something like that, but it's just such a shame. I'm just gutted. That, and I think that's like everyone... It's never happened to Reading. It's never been like this. There's always been positives even with yap you know when he got promoted and then slowly but surely since the owners have come in unfortunately it's just gone downwards and the whole thing yesterday just sums up the last few years at the club and and i think that's what what's so upsetting for everyone we just want to have something to believe in and a team to get behind and at the moment it's impossible with with what's been going on yeah i mean you're right jen the since the owners have really arrived it's been a downward spiral pretty much since they've come in. I think we've had a 19th, 19th place, a 20th place, um, a 7th place, wherever we end up finishing this year. But generally, we've we've been in a relegation battle, I think, three of the five years they've been here. And then one season when we had a mid-table last year was probably, let's be honest, a fluke, given the fact that we won eight games at the start of the season. Um, and it's it's very difficult, I guess, to find the positives in, in their ownership so far. Yes, there's a brand new training ground, but ultimately, if you've got a great training ground, but you don't have a football team to play there, like we don't have any players to play next season. There's only eight players under contract for next year. So who's going to go and train there? I mean, I might as well yeah. turn up there. I might get a game. We'll get um, down there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, one person who is going to be turning up at the training ground. In better news, thankfully, one person who is going to be turning up at the training ground, Noel Hunt's uh, appointment has been announced that he's going to be taking charge of the under-23 team um, going forward. This rumour has been around for a couple of weeks now. It's finally been confirmed. Paul, it's a brilliant piece of news, let's be honest. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, everybody loves uh, Noel Hunt at um, uh, Reading. If you don't love Noel Hunt, you're not a Reading fan, I, I would say, because he just brought the best out of everyone. He's just a player that we loved watching on the pitch. And he's got experience, a really good experience of football. He did manage a club, or manage or assistant manager, at a club nearby, who we don't like to mention on this podcast, but he did get them promoted. So well done to him. But... You can't doubt that appointment. It'd be brilliant. And hopefully he's going to go in there and kind of improve the standards of some of the players around the in that team and just get everyone moving in the right direction and accept that there has to be professional levels. And I know it's under 23, but here have an impact on the whole club, I would hope. And I mean, you know him inside out, Jem. 
what are your thoughts on Noel Hunt? Because I'm guessing it's just going to be positive. Yeah, like he he's a he's a quality character and some someone that I think is you could have almost bought in alongside a Jilksy. Um mm. He's a he's a great appointment for the club. Um, someone that the fans are obviously going to be delighted to see back in and around all the time. Um, you know, just even, you know, Noel, you could be around the stadium, he'd always stop and have a chat with you. And that's something I think Reading has been based around, obviously, since my time. You'd always see fans and the relationship between them and the players and the staff would be an incredible one. So it's great to have him in. I actually did my B licence with Noel up in Scotland, um, I think four or five years ago. So I know too well how good of a coach he is. Um, you know, and I think his main attribute is, you know, his man management skills um, as a player. You were having a bad game, he'd always be the first one to put his arm around you and say, Come on, mate, like pick yourself up. And, you know, with a lot of, I guess, the future of the club is going to be based around the 23s. We've seen the likes of Kamara, Tom Holmes, Tommy Matt, you know, um, more, you know, it's Luke Southwood. There's, there's loads of lads coming through the 23s at the moment. So for them to have someone who has been there and done it for the club is incredible. And yeah, just, I think, appointment wise for the club, he's probably the best acquisition the club has had for a long time. Um, and I, I guess it's one of the positives that the owner maybe is starting, you know, a new, hopefully a new phase in terms of getting someone who loves the club back in the door and, and maybe something that we can get behind. So yeah, great, great for Hunty, great for the club. And, you know, I'm, 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 I really hope he can, you know, continue that kind of uh, project that Eamon started all those years ago and, and getting young lads into the first team and alongside Ledge, who, who they've, obviously played with each other week in, week out, you know, really create something in that academy again and and keep things moving forward, which has been obviously such a great thing for the club so far. And obviously, as you say, his partnership with Ledge while he was at the club was good and his, his positivity, it has to be infectious, right? It, it has to be. Yeah. Um, the guy's like a walking, a walking smile sounds odd, but he's, a, <laughs> it, it, you know, yeah. I've never seen I've never seen Noel Hunt in a like you know in a particularly bad mood. I've never seen him come across badly. Like you've got to hope that even even if he rubs off slightly on some of the first team this season, that's that's can only be a positive. Ah, hundred percent. A lot of the players will know Noel. Um, I'm sure a few of them would have played against him. Um, and I'd like to think the reason he was at Swindon was so he could get them promoted and a bit closer for a derby day. Um, that would be the spin that I'll look on it on that. But no, he, he, for him, to, like you said, even if Noel hadn't been at the club, he's got the credentials to have become a 23s manager. And I think that's, like you said, such a good point. And it's not just a uh, an emotional kind of, um, you know, hiring. It's, it's one that he deserves the job. And alongside that, he, he has been at the club. And look, when, when you're a young player and you've got someone who's played in the Premier League, score goals in the Premier League, help the club get promoted, you have to see how they work day in, day out and the standards they set. So it's, it's an incredible appointment. And alongside seeing there's Ledger Wood, obviously, at the 18s, there's a true pathway and, and leadership and, you know, heroes, I'd say, because when we were in the youth team and, you, and you'd see even, you know, Stevie Coppel was gaffer and, and Eamon was a player, you know, people that have been there and done it, that's all you hope for. You can't ever turn around and be like, well, you didn't play the game. You've got you've got yeah. legends at the club. And, you know, they, those players really need to kind of appreciate that who they've got in at the club and hopefully go, go from there. Yeah, and I don't want to jump too far into the future here, Matt. 
But if you've got an under-23s manager who used to be at the club, you've got an interim manager at the minute who might not be here for that long. I'm just putting two and two together, that's all. And saying, you never know who might be in the dugout next season. You never know. You never know. Like you say, Jimmy Kebe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh wow! Imagine that. Band the band back together. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like as fans, you always like to dream about these appointments. You know, as fans, you always seem to like these nostalgic appointments or for, for some reason it always seems odd because you always think it might not be it might not be the best appointment but there's always that but you know um i mean i think we'd all love to see it at some point you know and as as we've alluded to already you know he's already done some very good work at other clubs um especially one who shan't be named um but hopefully hopefully it's just the start of building some structure back into the football club because that's something that has been hideously lacking of late you know maybe that's part of the reason why you're bringing a Paul Ince type character in to you know maybe look to move him upstairs or something why you'd look to do that I don't know but I mean maybe there's reasoning behind it maybe I'm hypothesizing too much and bringing way too many tangents into it but let's just hope it's the start of some restructuring some new ideology going forwards because i think not many fans will be disappointed seeing back in trying to find any logic between the point before and the pauline's appointment is amazing i've got to admire that i mean it's a good, well done. It's, a good it's a good link back to the whole podcast though man so it is for that one. Um, <laughs> i gotta yeah. say i just want to be clear well i mean I there's, there's, there's got to be I know I know the owner, he doesn't really seem to have many thoughts that go into some of the thinkings that happen at Reading. But I mean, I think if 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 we were just dwelling on the fact that Paul Ince has come in, there's no real thought. I think it'd be a very depressing few weeks, I think. Like <laughs> it's Reading. It is. <laughs> <laughs> well uh yeah, I think I think I think we can pretty much wrap it up with, with that um incredible link between Noel Hunt and Paul Ince. Um <laughs> Thank you, Matt, for joining us today, and uh, thank you, Paul. And Jem, we'll expect to see you down at the SCL alongside Noel Hunt next season. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'll be on the phone to him straight after this, and uh, mate, I'll see you next week. So yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Excellent. Um, we'll be back after the Birmingham game on Tuesday night. So fingers crossed that Paulins can get claim his first three points for the Royals. <laughs>